Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast, the award-winning podcast that brings you the latest information on breast cancer research, treatments, side effects, and survivorship issues through expert interviews, as well as personal stories from people affected by breast cancer. Here's your host, BreastCancer.org Senior Editor, Jamie DiPolo. Hello, and welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast. Our guest today is Dory Ellen Fish, a licensed acupuncturist with 25 years of experience in five-element and traditional Chinese medicine acupuncture. She holds a diplomate in acupuncture from the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine. For the past 15 years, much of her continuing education has been focused on cancer care. She completed the acupuncture course in oncology for cancer patients at Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital and the oncology training for acupuncture course at MD Anderson. Dory Ellen has lectured and taught at various universities, hospitals, and organizations. Her clinical practice is in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Dory Ellen joins us today to talk about how acupuncture can help people who have been diagnosed with breast cancer. Dory Ellen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jamie, and thanks for having me on. Of course. This is a topic I think that a lot of people are interested in, and maybe not everybody knows exactly what acupuncture is. So if you could sort of give us a general explanation of what it is and potentially how it works. Great. Well, acupuncture is actually dates back around 3,000 years, um, Chinese medical historians believe. And that's based on finding cave drawings and needles that back then were made of stone. And the medicine, it's one branch of Chinese medicine, and it consists of inserting very, very fine needles under the skin in specific areas of the body, in along specific pathways, in an attempt to regulate the movement of energy or qi and to bring the body into a state of balance, or I should say the body-mind-spirit into a state of balance. So um, acupuncture is used for reduce. I'm going to talk about mostly how we use it for treating people with cancer, but it's used for reducing pain, building stamina, boosting the immune system, providing profound relaxation. I mean, that's really what it's known for. Okay. Yeah, and acupuncture can also assist the body in expelling toxins from the blood so or body fluids. So when we talk about detox, that's what we mean. And then other branches of Chinese medicine would be diet, meditation, exercise, herbal medicine, cupping, and gua sha. So most acupuncturists that you find should be versed in most of those modalities too and should be able to talk to you about them. Okay, that is helpful. I do want to focus a little bit just in case anyone is concerned. Um, I have had acupuncture myself, but if you could explain that the needles really are very fine, they're almost, I guess I would think of them almost like a human hair and there really is no pain. That's true. And it's that's always, I made a note here to talk to you to make sure <laughs> we talked about pain because everybody wants to know, does it hurt? Because, I mean, nobody likes needles when you think of that. And we, you know, associate right. them with all kinds of medical treatments. And it is the thickness of a hair. One thing, though, 
I have to say is that when the needles are actually connecting to your chi, you should feel, you will feel something, but it's not, it's not pain. Okay. And I also, I didn't, I think most acupuncturists or many of us should be able to work with people who have heightened sensitivity. And so we do things like, you know, breathe and blow, or we could do acupressure on a certain point if someone's afraid or has just had a lot of things going on and are, are needle shy. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Now, as you mentioned when you were talking about it and, and my background research, I found this out too. It sounds like acupuncture can really help ease a number of breast cancer treatment side effects. So I thought maybe it would be most helpful to sort of break it down by treatment. Great. So I thought maybe we could start with surgery because most most people, and not all, but most people who have been diagnosed with breast cancer have some type of surgery, whether it's mastectomy, lumpectomy. And in some cases, people have pain that comes on later or persists for a while. Yeah. So what, what sorts of uh, side effects from surgery can acupuncture help with? I know you mentioned pain, but are there others? Yes. And actually, Sloan Kettering recommends getting acupuncture two days before surgery, even. Like people think about just after, but I find that getting it before, it basically gets people in the best shape they can be to receive the surgery. And some of Sloan Kettering's research says that it reduces swelling and helps surgery go well. Plus, that gives your acupuncturist a chance and you a chance, you get a chance to know each other before, so you're not just coming in right after surgery. Okay, very interesting. I had not heard that, but but it makes sense. Yeah. So it's um, and then if there's pain reduction, that potentially reduces the need for medication, which causes constipation and a variety of other incidences. And then after after the surgery, there is a treatment that I like to use for clearing effects of the anesthesia and pain medications that somebody was given for the surgery. Mm. So it's important for that. Um, we also use, we use needles around the incision after that sent not like right on top of it. And at mm. first I would start very far away, mm-hmm. but it starts sending blood and chi to the incision site, to the surgical site, and helps it heal. There are things we can do to help with adhesions, you know, with scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And um, we use ear points, head points, body points that are used to help reduce pain, but also help sleep. Oh, nice. And help, and help the bowels, too, after surgery help, you know, the body functions come back quicker from trauma of surgery. Okay. Now, I know sometimes if um, nerves have been cut or moved around, especially if lymph nodes are removed or, you know, things, if I should say during reconstruction, people might have peripheral neuropathy. Can acupuncture help with that? Yes. That's something that we treat um, peripheral neuropathy also, obviously, from certain types of chemo. Right, right. So we treat peripheral neuropathy, and your acupuncturist should be informed that 
there is very slight, but still there is risk for lymphedema from anything invasive, even obviously an arm, you know, getting a manicure can be considered invasive. And so we're really careful not to use needles on a limb or possibly quadrant where there has been lymph node biopsy or removal. And I actually have some patients, I've had somebody come wear like a little band on the arm so I don't forget that I'm not supposed right. to needle there. And that is a really smart thing to do, but you you need to let your practitioner know. And if they say it doesn't matter, that it's fine, then you probably want a different acupuncturist. And, you know, remind us too, because we can forget. Right. So the idea is just to make sure that I'm clear and everybody listening is clear that acupuncture obviously is invasive. And if somebody has lymphedema or potentially has a very high risk of lymphedema, yes. putting needles in that area is not a good idea. Nope. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Now, um, what about radiation therapy? I know that sometimes that can cause fatigue and um, stiffness of the pectoral muscles. Can acupuncture help with some of that? Yes. First of all, um, yeah, fatigue, um, dry mouth. Oh, is a big thing, and sometimes I've experienced people who've had esophageal pain or uh, nausea, vomiting from radiation. It's also a very hot treatment, and so there are things that we do energetically to cool the body off and help the body get rid of what it doesn't need that's left over from the radiation. Okay, well, that, wow. Now, I also know, uh, this is probably a little bit more commonly known, that that people use acupuncture to help ease hot flashes and joint pain, which are a big side effect of hormonal therapies, either tamoxifen or the aromatase inhibitors. Um, are there other ways that acupuncture can help people who are being treated with hormonal therapy? Or even, I know immunotherapy is relatively new for breast cancer. Um but in your practice, have you seen anybody come in with some side effects from that? And, and can how can acupuncture help? A lot. Um, a lot of women who've had breast cancer or any kind of hormonal cancer do find themselves with menopausal symptoms. And acupuncture is really helpful for treating that. Um, one of the things also that's important is that we don't just do acupuncture. And so there are nutritional recommendations that we can make, lifestyle recommendations. For um, some of the hormonal treatments, I do see a lot of shoulder pain, different kinds of migrating joint pain. And what I've done with that where I get really good results also is cupping therapy. Mm, okay. I don't use fire cups, but I use suction cups, and those really help shoulder pain. Okay. Now, just can you sort of briefly explain that, too, just in case somebody isn't familiar with that? Okay. Yes. It's a therapy where you put, where you create suction on the body, and it basically 
separates the skin from the fascia, from the muscle, and really increases circulation. And if there's a little bit of frozen shoulder or rotator cuff inflammation, it's very effective with acupuncture. And I mean, I've had people come in and say, I do not want you to cut me. And then I say, terrific, we'll do needles and some liniments. So, you know, that's something that would be up to the person and their practitioner to decide. Okay. Okay. Good to know. And I will say, perhaps if anyone has watched the Olympics or other sporting events and they see people with the rings, circles on their backs, that's what cupping, that's the result of cupping, I will say. Right. But that's really extreme. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You will not, I mean, unless, I mean, I can't, swear that would never happen but you're not going to leave here looking like michael phelps (laughs) the other thing that's nice about acupuncture is in terms of radiation in terms of risk for lymphedema in terms of other things is that we don't have to treat the site exactly so let's say that you had lymph nodes removed in your right arm and your and um, you had your right breast treated we can treat the other side and get just as good results, or we could treat your leg, or we could do aroma we could do aromatherapy if you wanted, or we could do acupressure. So it's not like we just have to leave that body part out of the loop, or we have to we would go and stick needles where you've just had a burn or an operation. Right, and that's because of the way the meridians run through the body. Like you can, you can treat other exactly. areas and still affect the energy in right. the, the part that had surgery or other treatment. Exactly, and I think that that's something that that people who haven't had it don't know. And you would imagine, you know, going to an acupuncturist and having needles put in your in your breast. We that wouldn't happen. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And we also do, most of us do ear acupuncture too, which is really effective and treats the whole body. Okay. Okay. So we talked a lot about the benefits of acupuncture and there are many. Are there any risks that people should know about? Well, I think the risk of lymphedema, um, risk of infection, uh, Every once in a while, I mean, I've never seen anybody get an infection from acupuncture, and I've been doing this 25 years, but it still would be a risk. Or if you saw somebody who, you know, wasn't properly trained, the thing is for acupuncturists, our training is extensive. I mean, I had to do 4,000 hours of study after a college degree to even sit for my boards. So there's a lot of regulation in our field. Okay. And, um, yeah, and we need to do a lot of continuing ed. But the only thing, once in a while, like for me probably once or twice a year, somebody might feel a little bit dizzy. Or if they're not hydrated, they could have a mild headache for an hour or two. But these are not things that I see. I think that... um, one of the important things about acupuncture is goodness of fit with your practitioner and somebody who really wants to partner with you and not, you know, like somebody just doing something to you. This is collaborative medicine. 
and it should be working with the um, comfort level of the person receiving it. So if you're with an acupuncturist and you, you know, you want to have the right person working with you because it's really an intimate relationship. Sure. And that kind of goes along with um, what happens during a typical appointment. It's not that, especially the first appointment, it's not that you walk into an acupuncturist's office and lay down and the person starts putting needles in you. There's usually a very thorough health history discussion and goal talking and what do you want to do? How can I help? So it's it's really almost like a two-hour appointment. That's right. It sounds like you've had really good acupuncture (laughs) (laughs) because that's exactly, that's correct. And I mean, at at my practice, we, we see one person an hour, which is, which is a lot of attention and different parts to the treatment. And a lot of, sometimes, you know, if the person wants a lot of conversation and your acupuncturist is we're not doctors, so we don't have that type of clinical mindset and the statistics about what you have. And we're not therapists, and we're not treating what's wrong with you. We're actually partnering and, and treating you and supporting you in getting through something really challenging. And it's it's a special relationship. Yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It has to be a very good fit. Now, if someone wants to try acupuncture and hasn't before, what should they look for in a practitioner? Now, I know you, for example, have completed uh, continuing ed courses on acupuncture for people diagnosed with cancer. Is that something that's important for, say, somebody who's been diagnosed with breast cancer? Is it important to have somebody who's taken those extra courses on working with people with cancer? Well, it's nice if they have. Because one of the reasons it's nice, like in terms of finding an acupuncturist, when I help a lot of people find acupuncturists, either because it really should be convenient. You don't want to find somebody who's, you know, an hour away and or, or somebody who's in the, in, the, in the right price range for you, too. And there are a number of different options that way. But the first thing that I look for is, is their specialties. And your specialties are what you really care about. And so if you really care about oncology, it would be nice if you took some of the good courses out there that focus on cancer care. But that's not essential. But having said that, if I went on somebody's website and I see that they specialize in sports medicine, I probably don't want to go there with cancer or somebody who has a big section on facial rejuvenation. I mean, they might be wonderful acupuncturists, Mm -hmm. but you want to see somebody at least who specializes in internal medicine. Um, When we were in school, we were told that we should not be working with people with cancer until we had been practicing for five years. Oh, wow. That might be silly. I don't know. But that's what, when I started learning, that's what we were told. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are really good, there are really good courses. The Sloan Kettering course is fantastic. Okay. Well, that's great. And it sounds like Sloan Kettering is doing a lot of research on how acupuncture can help people with cancer, which I guess from my viewpoint is important because you can have the anecdotal evidence of 
you know, perhaps some of your clients and how it's helped, but a clinical trial is really the gold standard, especially when you start talking about getting insurance companies to pay for it or things like that. So um, that's really exciting to me to see that they're doing that research. Well, we have the benefit of it because they're very generous sharing their information. And if they've done a big study on how to boost white blood cell count, then I want to use that in my treatments. Sure. In addition to really customizing for the person that I'm seeing, because everybody, I mean, I see people going through chemo and they're not nauseous at all. And maybe their primary side effect that's bothering them is brain fog. Okay. So you just never know what that's going to be. And they have very specific protocols and you can totally gear it to the person that you're working with. Yeah. Well, and we talked, you talked a little bit about, about pricing. So is acupuncture typically covered by insurance? Typically is, I wouldn't say typically, I would say sometimes. Okay. There's still, it's still developing. And I think one of the things we have people who will call here and just say, do you take insurance? And if, we say we don't accept insurance, they say goodbye. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you find just having somebody have insurance, you want to make sure that you're getting the same thing, or you want to make sure that you're getting what you need. Mm -hmm. So I know some people, for example, have several up to five treatment rooms going at the same time, and they take insurance but you're not getting exactly the same thing, or maybe you don't get, maybe you, they wouldn't do full body treatments or they wouldn't do cupping or voisa, but maybe you don't want those things and you don't need a lot of personal time and you don't want to pay for something out of pocket that you don't need or you're not interested in. Mm -hmm. So I would just make sure how much time, you know, how much time you're going to be getting. Okay. Okay. And it sounds like two people need to check with their insurance carriers to find out if certain, uh, if the services are covered. Definitely. Yep. Okay. I mean, at least somebody should be willing to give you an itemized bill that you can send to your insurance company. Mm-hmm. So we give super bills with codes and things like that. I do not take insurance because I just see one person at a time and it wouldn't, that wouldn't work for me. Okay. It works well. Typically it works well if you have a few treatment rooms. I see. And then you can afford to um, accept insurance. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And then to sort of wrap up, what would be your top three recommendations for a person who wants to try acupuncture for the first time, a person who's been diagnosed with cancer, I should specify, what, uh, what, what things would you recommend they consider or do think about before they, they go ahead and make an appointment? Well, the first thing is, I said before, finding the right person. So put the time in. If you have a friend who has a recommendation, those tend to be the best referrals because you already know the person and they know you. Sure. And um, you have a a good chance of a good fit. I think that um, it's definitely worth a try. I tell people usually the worst thing that's going to happen is you might have 
you still have your chief complaint, but you're going to be really relaxed. <laughs> and well, and because acupuncture doesn't only work on the thing that you're treating, we treat the whole person. And so when you bring the system into balance, a lot of things come into balance. So there are often benefits that people never expected. So it really is worth a try. If you go and you don't like the person, please, but you're interested in acupuncture, please try somebody else. It's like saying, I went to the doctor once and I didn't like them. <laughs> so I never okay. went back. Right. I mean, right. we're all so different. This is thousands of years of medicine from all kinds of Asian countries, right? So we're all very different. Sure. The other thing is sometimes people come expecting one session to make everything go away. Ah. You know, any kind, all, all kinds of ailments. And you really want to give it a couple tries. I usually tell people, come three to four times. And if it feels like nothing's happening, it probably isn't. Thank goodness that's very, very rare. Mm -hmm. But you should trust yourself and not just think, well, it's supposed to be good for me. So I'm going to keep going, even though I don't, maybe I don't like it or, you know, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. You would be better off getting a referral for some other healing modality that you were, that you were a better fit with. There's a, a distinction. Part of what acupuncture does, it's the distinction between healing and curing. And that ties into what I was talking about before, that maybe all your symptoms don't go away, but they don't have the same negative effect on you or your life as they did before. Like maybe you're still having a couple hot flashes, but it doesn't seem like that big of a deal in the context of your life and other good things that are going on. So I think that we do, we do curing, but we also, this is a place for a lot of healing to happen. Excellent. Those are all, that's all really good advice. And I really like that last point you made, because I think sometimes in our society today, we want the quick fix. Like we want to take a pill or we want to do this thing and then I'm going to feel great. And um, I'm glad you pointed out that sometimes acupuncture, you need to give it two, three, four times to let it yeah. work everywhere. Because obviously too, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, as an acupuncturist, you can't hit every single energy meridian in somebody's body in one treatment, you know, you kind of have no. to focus on certain things. And, and, you know, once those are kind of in line, then you move on to something else, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, Dory Ellen, thank you so much. This has been so helpful. I'm so glad you could join us. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I also appreciate how much you know about acupuncture. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the breastcancer.org podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share your thoughts about this or any episode, email us at podcast at breastcancer.org or leave feedback on the podcast episode landing page on our website. And remember, you can find a lot more information about breast cancer at breastcancer.org. And you can connect with thousands of people affected by breast cancer by joining our online community.